0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa wa salamu ala rasulil kareem wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Amma abad, wa rahmatullahi Brothers and sisters all around the world, Sydney, Australia or anywhere in the world Welcome to another episode of the Khilafah Podcast brought to you by HD Australia uh, Today I have a guest with me, his name is of course, household name, brother Wasim And my, my, myself, Yahya And tonight tonight, we're going to be doing a continuation, uh, part two if you might it, of last week's episode on the topic of um, being an Australian Muslim or a Muslim living in Australia. So Brother Wasim actually had that conversation last week where he opened it up and he laid down the groundwork as to what it means to be an Australian Muslim. Does it have a consequence of calling yourself an Australian Muslim? And so, basically, we're going to continue that conversation tonight, but more from a practical practical point of view, um, in regards to how does that a- apply on our day-to-day lives as Australian Muslims or Muslims in Australia. So, uh, brother Asim, Salaamu Alaikum. Waalaikum Salaam wa rahmatullah wa, wa barakatuh.
1: Thanks for having me on. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here with you. Um, as you rightly said, we are continuing the conversation that started last week. We laid down, I think, the theoretical frameworks for this entire discussion. But uh, given the nature of the conversation, it's not yep. going to um, finish in a half-hour bracket. So I thought today we would um, bring out, tease out the, the points that was made yesterday, uh, last week, awesome. by mm. referencing exam- everyday examples that we come across. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and I think through that, we should all be in a better position to appreciate what was actually said Um, and to take take it away on a much deeper level, on a much more personal level. Otherwise, it may remain as a set of abstract concepts which, while we'll agree with it, we may not necessarily
0: be in a position um, to, to to deal with it in our everyday life. No, exactly. Um, I, I think I actually did watch the episode a few times oh, just to get one. Th- thanks, bro. I, oh.
1: It's good to know that yes. someone is watching. I appreciate <laughs> it.
0: <appreciate laughs> oh, thank you. No, no. Well, uh, you mentioned, actually, you, you highlighted a lot of good points, um, one of them being that we should always refer back to Islam. Mm. Um, obviously, you gave some really good examples. Um, uh, and, and you also mentioned um, how Islam... Uh, ira, 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 it doesn't really need to uh, be specific to any time and place. It's relevant for all times and places. Um, and a th- another point you mentioned was something that touches on really all of us in, in a way is that how we practice Islam and mm. how it's almost become like a set of rituals or like like a checkpoint. You know, you do hajj, you do umrah, check, tick, you get married, tick, you, you you finish school. You know, it's like tick. You know, it's just like, it's almost like, It's just a checkpoint. And it's very personalised, and that's just another way of saying it's very secularised. Um,
1: And that really, at the end of the day, is what is being aimed um, when we we talk about um, re-engineering Muslim identity in the West, Mm. um, and more broadly globally. Mm. Uh, And that's what it comes down to. You know, sometimes it's difficult to see the point because you think, look, in this country, on a relative basis, we can pray, we can fast, we can go to Hajj, Um, we can receive funding from government. Uh, For many uh, Muslim programs, um, many Muslim institutions, Mm. we are offered uh, political patronage for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of support for a lot of um, aspects of our Islam, um, but it's a very specific aspect of Islam, and it's a very individualised aspect of Islam, and that ultimately is what's uh, driving uh, the secularisation of Islamic identity, the idea that Mm -hmm. we can um, very comfortably practise one aspect of the deen um but it's it, other components are very problematized to the extent that um in many instances
0: they're criminalized mm, that's um, correct mm, mm. uh look exactly and uh, i think one word that keeps uh poking, pop, popping up uh tonight tonight or even last week's episode was secularized or secularization mm. or uh this is a big word for me uh perhaps or maybe many of our viewers might not know what secular secularized means as an adjective or whatnot can you maybe touch on that uh, yeah Look. Look, secularization, um, I think,
1: will be brought out with the examples that, that we raise. Um, effectively, is a particular view of the world which relegates old Allah subhanahu um, wa ta'ala not in a position of highest authority, but indeed um, under the authority of something or someone else. Um, and secularization here is man himself putting him in the position of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the highest source of authority. And the idea is that we need to frame our religion on that basis so okay. you know yeah. practice aspects of your din you can pray fast those yeah. what we would broadly um understand as the mm. individualized aspects of islam oh, okay. but the political the economic those aspects related to society mm. um need to be left at the door okay. um, and yeah. they successfully yeah. did that with christianity um although in origin didn't have a great level of detail yeah. regarding to politics and the sort of systemic aspects of things but effectively curtailed the authority of the church to impose itself on a public level okay
0: Right. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So basically, um, it's certain aspects of your dean yep. that are acceptable. Uh, basically, you have, to, you have to basically like kind of butcher it in a way. It seems like what's being asked from yeah. us. Yes, and I think you, you know? know, in all honesty, in all honesty, I think that's why
1: for a lot of us, it's difficult to understand the point because we've never understood our Islam differently. Mm. We all mm. grew up with this view that Islam is just, look, just be good, be honest, be sincere, be kind to your neighbors. Yeah, yeah, just um, be good. Do what you can, read yeah. as much Quran as you yeah, can. Yeah. And those are aspects of Islam that the West doesn't have a problem with, that oh. secularism doesn't have a problem with. In fact, we actively encourage.
0: Oh, really? So if I, if I actively pray, Five times a day, and I show it, and and, and I, you know, I give my zakat, I, I I tell the I tell my friends or family or co-workers I eat only halal food. You're telling me that the government's not going to have an issue, or like the status, it's not going to affect the status quo, or something like that. Basically, no, you know, the opposite.
1: It's it's actually going to be celebrated, and the reason why is because there's two things happening here. There mm. is, look, there's a secularism in its, uh, you know, uh, at its heart is anti-religious. Yes, okay. um, but the idea of dividing. Uh, individual aspects of religion and, and the collective political aspects is, is a compromise if they had their way. And this is a constant debate within secular secularism itself. And it's a, it's, it's not a debate that's going to be settled anytime soon. Mm. Um, okay. people, there are people that wanted to abolish the church completely, mm. um, and do away religion as a whole. Others just wanted to restrict the power of the church. Um, and others wanted, you know, church to have still, uh, still have a central role in, in public life on top of personal life. Uh, and for us, um, look, there is the the aspect where we can shed our Islam and become irreligious, um, and that's completely consistent with secularism because in the end here, it's not forcing you to, to be religious. It's just if you do choose to be religious, if you do choose to believe in the supernatural, then just keep it to yourself.
0: So, mm, so it appears that from what you're saying and from last week's content, it appears that you can be a Muslim but at the same time be a secularist. almost. Yeah, it appears like... Like, from what you've said, and like, as long as you kind of um, only um, practice a certain limited version of Islam, you can actually be a secular Muslim. Yeah, secularism doesn't mean you have to
1: abandon faith. Secularism effectively means you have to practice your faith in a particular way, mm-hmm. um, and you got to understand this on a hierarchical level. Meaning, uh, what I mean by that is, ultimately... Um, under secularism, religion has to be subordinate to something higher than it. Mm. And that's the collective space, that's democracy, that's the individual as the embodiment of God who defines morality, who defines right and wrong, good and bad for us. The whole idea is when you abandon religion, uh, you have to replace it with something as a source of authority. And that something is the individual under liberalism.
0: Uh, so basically there was a certain period of time. I think they called the Enlightenment mm. but Basically before that period in the 1800s 1700s just before that period like God was the center of life basically even in, in Europe mm-hmm. right? uh, Let us aside from the ummah and the history of the ummah is Allah subhanAllah always center of everything that we do Right if we do something think about something we have to always ask ourselves hold on a sec uh, is this even allowed? Halal? Haram? Is it Mubah? What, it, what not? It's like, But then after that period, God went to the sidelines and then man became center of life. Basically, me, I, and we, we say what to do. Oh, wow. Okay. When you put it like that, it's, it's a pretty... Yeah, look, it's quite confronting. It's quite it's, confronting, It's a huge yeah, deal. It and is, it's, yeah. look,
1: and, uh, you know, the world isn't fighting over a word. Um, it has real world implications. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. They don't want us to just call ourselves secular Muslims. They want us to be secularism in to believe in secularism itself Mm. um or at the very least accept the authority of of secular states Mm. and and secularism itself so it's not an issue of semantics that's uh, and one of the one of the things we we sort of emphasized last week was um look this is not an issue of it's not whether you put the muslim first or the australian first it's you know in the real world how does it play out it's the consequences of what it's the consequences of that
0: meaning and and It's for us. It's it's not a small thing. It's really jannah and jahannam. Well, look, that's it's a great uh, launching pad because uh, talking about consequences, I I I can imagine many even of my own family members or closest friends or people I know would be happy to call themselves an Australian Muslim. So, um, and let's just give some real world examples. Something that we actually face, Mm. you know, um, something that's coming up just next week. Oh right, yes. (laughs) You know, apparently the, the show
1: that stops a nation
0: it does oh my god like it really <coughs> except does except it's going to
1: play out in different circumstances because of covid that's right this it's year i think yeah. you know i think Australians are shedding
0: part of their identity because <laughs> they can't get on the on the blaster and that's right so what we're talking about if you're if you haven't gotten to get is the melbourne cup it's like a really part of the fabric of australia it's, it's tradition really um every year everyone gets together even at work i remember a lot a few years ago i was working at Centrelink, mm. right and uh i was in the compliance department and literally the whole office was went into pause during those races right i could hear my manager just that my ex-manager at the time at the time my manager going crazy you know ballistic and i was just like taking calls and i was like what's going on I'm like okay you know I just I, and so it's, it's something that plays out across the country
1: workplaces offices yeah. building sites Um, Officially, it's a public holiday in Melbourne where it's it's traditionally uh, run, Um, but effectively, it's it's almost a public holiday Mm -hmm. wherever you go across the Mm -hmm. whole country. Uh, People go out for Melbourne Cup lunch; they don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) They don't come, and if they do come back, they're in no position (laughs) to engage in any productive workplace activity. Um, You know, and and this is always an issue for Muslims. Okay. Um, yeah. all right. What, what position do we place on this? Because the idea is, look, all right, we're in Australia now. We're going to do things the Australian way. Yes, that's correct. And part of this is to celebrate Melbourne Cup, but not just celebrate Melbourne Cup, but partake in the celebration of Melbourne Cup. And Melbourne mm. Cup is all about the booze, the alcohol, the intermingling, the gambling, the racehorses, yeah. um, oh. and everything that goes with that. Yeah. And you yeah. see... Uh, you see the the degeneracy that happens every yeah, yeah, year, yeah. and it's well, splashed across the pages yeah. uh, the following day. It's it's mm. not a pretty sight. No, no um, and yet, no. you know, in in many cases we're asked to be part of that, yeah. and a lot of the time we're not sure how to respond. I didn't know how to respond. I was just like, "Yay,
0: okay." Like, yeah, because, like, you know, uh, the
1: funny thing is in many workplaces across the country you find muslims get very creative in this respect okay. right. there's there's a, you know i would say there's a breed of muslims where they're so passive about things that they just remain quiet and just begrudgingly go along with things, even though in their heart they don't really like it. Right? And then are Muslims, they get really creative. Oh, really They're chucking sickies left, right, and center. <laughs> right? And the number of excuses they can yeah. come up with is unlimited. You yeah. know? Very, very creative, but they just want to avoid the conflict. Yeah, they want to yeah. avoid that uncomfortable conversation. It, it, does it have to be uncomfortable? Well, it doesn't, but for a lot of Muslims it is. Okay. Some just accept the whole thing. Okay. Like, it's just another excuse for a good time. Okay. Right. And they go out. They Some of some them some go harder than <laughs> your average Australian. <laughs> you know, oh, you know oh, the idea, look, we're in this country. Yeah, this is how we do things. And right. look, we can't be that serious about religion all the time. Put our hair down just once a year. Or at the very least, you know, we convince ourselves... Look, okay, we may be against the gambling in principle. We may be against the racehorse in,
0: in, in principle. It's like, it's like a type of um, uh, animal cruelty, isn't it? Would you oh, argue? It
1: is. It's animal cruelty. 100% it is. The whole like, industry. The whole industry. All yeah. the, you know, the, the, the domestication of, of animals for any purpose, for yeah. racing or otherwise, is really cruelty.
0: And, and you don't want to sound like the party pooper, right? You don't want to go in there, you know, you know, you know. yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, you don't want to partake of it, but Come on, man. Just go easy. Like, you don't want to be the party people. You don't want to be uncool, right? Yep. And, and that's really every part of our lives. We're, we're yeah. at high school, we're at school, you are at the university. Look. You don't be uncool, you know. And I'll, I'll
1: tell you, look, you know, you don't want to be uncool because, look, you don't want to stand out, and that's understandable, right? Mm-hmm. And Muslims, uh, Muslims know this very, very well in almost as- every aspect of our life. We're constantly um, receiving attention for, for reasons we don't want, uh-huh. Um, and you know it's part of a process of positioning yeah. muslims in a particular way but ultimately look we're going to have to face this and i think i think on this issue the issue of being australian muslim i think is very clear right there's a clicker haram um either we partake in the haram which we know is haram or we try to find an aspect within that where we just engage in the halal part of it right mm. so what's wrong with having a lunch with colleagues Right, as long as we're not drinking, as long as we're not eating anything. Now we're rational. Arm, now we're yeah, we, we rationalize things. Yeah, yeah we rationalize things. It's an expectation.
0: Things. It's harmless fun. Uh, we're we're going to stay away from the haram as aspects. many,
1: yeah. Like, yep, okay. We're we going to stay away from you know the haram components of it. Okay. And but, but, but what's the driving for? Like, what's the rationale behind that? The idea is there's this pressure on us to be a certain way and so, to act a certain way I mean, as yeah. Australians, so quote-unquote, yes, yes, yes. um, and... A lot of us just don't know how to respond. Okay, let's talk about our response. I'll tell, tell you a funny story, to be honest, and I think this epitomizes the entire conversation because, look, you know, as a Muslim, we've got a particular worldview. Um, you know, we look at things in a particular way based on the aqidah of Islam, the issue okay. of Iman, Kufur, Halal, Haram, whatever, purpose hmm. in life, everything. Uh, and ultimately, that's what should drive our attitude towards this and everything else. And it's whether it's Melbourne Cup drinks or whether it's you know invitations to the Christmas party, Christmas party or Easter Easter hat. I don't know if they do Easter hat things or you know Easter egg things yeah. and. I don't know, and whatever yeah. it is, uh, like Friday night drinks, because mm. it's the same issue being uh, playing out here as a Muslim. We have happy a, hour, yeah, yeah happy yeah, hour. Yeah. We need to have a particular view, a very specific view about these things. And I'll tell you a story about one brother very quickly. My yeah. Lord protect him and bless him, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it, it paints the opposite extreme. Because sometimes we think, look, if we have these conversations, it's like we can draw attention to ourselves, um, you know, and for all the wrong reasons, and we're not going to, we're not going to be looked upon in a favorable light. And it's better to avoid this and let's just, okay, if we can't avoid it completely, let's try to minimize the harm or let's get creative in our excuses to avoid the whole situation altogether. The brother used to work in a place, um, was a manager in a certain department, and on Melbourne Cup Day, and this is the brother who is very well respected in the office. A love phrase is is a joking kind of of thing, but he's very open in his conversations. He's very proactive in his conversations. He's not waiting to be... Asked, hey, uh, hey, so and so, why aren't you joining us, or why don't you do this? Right, he would go and initiate the conversations to wow. the extent. Right, now on Melbourne Cup this on one year, the whole office, the whole floor. You imagine this is corporate life. Yeah, the whole floor had stopped, stopped working. There was the bar, there was Melbourne Cup lunch, Melbourne Cup drinks, and no one's coming back to work. Um, no one's going to come back and do anything productive. They were just there and. Um, This brother made his whole department to work through all of that. Now, can you imagine? This is the whole office had stopped for Melbourne Cup. We're celebrating Melbourne Cup in the way it's celebrated in this country. And yet this brother used his position um, to make sure his non-Muslim colleagues uh, worked through those festivities. Wow. T- talk <laughs> right. about a like for that reason like I'm not going from, from his perspective I'm not going to be responsible like for my team members going and partaking in mm. right uh in, in, I mean, in that's a unkar
0: in, in that circumstance even though if you're a manager which is kind of the opposite right yeah. usually it's the employee yeah. you the you're the uh, <laughs> subordinate but in this case this brother's the manager that's of right. his team in that floor and he's right? responsible for his colleagues during work time. That is correct. Okay, legally, right? But <laughs> no, no one, like, from, from a shoddy point of view. from shoddy point of view. shoddy point of view. Ah, right. right. Yes, yes. From a whole point of and, view. And, okay. and the
1: thing is, it's not really the issue of you know Halal Ham specifically, right? Mm. It's like what's the message he's trying to send? I All guess. Right? And I need, like, I need to remind everyone: this brother was respected, even by his colleagues who weren't partaking in Melbourne couple of festivities, because everyone understood where he's coming from. And of course, he counter it with something else mm. you know he'd go on extended lunches He'd take his team on extended lunches okay. on other occasions but yeah. not for melbourne cup okay right okay, okay you know but this brother was loved in the office okay. was respected but he <laughs> was very outwardly muslim is his brother
0: still alive <laughs> 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 well he hasn't <laughs> we haven't found him <laughs> at a the pl- end of an empty bottle <laughs> that's yet so. Humble, that's good. That's, honestly, that's, and that's, that's the thing
1: that's, that's but that's the thing like if you're informed by islam as your worldview, you could have clear, open positions about these things, and it's not just a matter of protecting yourself. You have to lead by example.
0: Like I mean, if I it's mean, wrong, it's
1: wrong for everyone. It's not just wrong for you as a Muslim. It's yeah. wrong for everyone. Yeah, and hundred percent. And he's yeah. having these conversations about open cup and about a thousand other
0: topics. Yeah, I think it does require also some courage as well. Uh, there's always it that is. fear of blame, that it fear is. Of, you know that it is natural human instinct. Some, to, look, you some, know, some brothers and sisters are
1: worried about. You know losing a job yeah yeah, or if course, it's simply yeah. they just don't want the attention they want to continue yeah, to fly under the radar right, they're thinking right. about their career progression and things like that and the honest truth is in cases like this the exact opposite happens oh. you know like you don't win the respect of people by being a pusher a walk over man mm. but you, you approach it
0: with wisdom with heck man um but very openly yeah, i remember like that day at melbourne cup day after the after mm. work they all went to drinks and they're like yep and they call me john you know yahya john so, like, John, why don't you come with us, you know? like, And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I don't drink, I'm Muslim. They're like, it's okay, we, you know, still Muslims drink. And I'm like... Hey, you can order OJ. <laughs> uh, you know, it was always the classic line. You no, order orange juice. She responded with, I, oh, no. I, I know you don't drink. I've but got other Muslim friends I've got drink. other Muslim friends that <laughs> drink. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, I'm not one of those. Actually, I got angry. So I was like, actually, I'm not one of those Muslims, sorry. And I, I felt, later on, I felt rude. But I felt like I had to defend my position. Like, because... Mm-hmm. And what's hard is when other Muslims are getting involved. And it's like, what. You know, and I think that's the issue, you know, like what makes us uncomfortable um, ultimately is when
1: we're on the receiving end of the question, meaning our worldview is so hidden from the, from, from, you know, from, from the public um, that we're just, we position ourselves where we're just constantly questioned about things. So we're Mm. asked to defend our position. We feel we're always defending our position. We're constantly on the back foot. Always
0: on the back foot. It's really annoying.
1: And whatever we say after that, it's going to be like you're starting from a very difficult position. Whereas if you came in the other direction, and you in, you initiated these conversations, come on the front foot. Come on the front foot. Critique them and start asking your own questions and getting them to answer. Okay. Like, how can you? What does this say about your position in the world, your purpose in life, etc., etc.? Mm-hmm. Then you're having a genuine conversation, but the dynamics have shifted, mm. and the, re- the levels of respect have completely changed. Mm. And that's a lesson for us. But it's Australian Muslim, just if we just leave it like that just be a, a, a apologetic about things or so weak uh, that we actually engage in these things when we see they're clearly haram, it's going to be a problem. But I think mm. it's something most Muslims can identify with because we face these situations constantly on a daily basis. Um, and and the, the conflict between our Islam and what's regarded as Australian identity becomes clear.
0: Mm. And we're forced to choose.
1: Mm. But wow. there are harder examples.
0: There are. Uh, let's let's go to another example. This is a uh, that's how it was. The Melbourne Cup, uh, a, a really Australian tradition, but now it's another huge Australian tradition. Um, Anzac Day. So, as you're aware, uh, as, uh, maybe our viewers, hopefully mm-hmm. our viewers, our viewers are aware. So everyone knows Anzac Day, celebrating the Anzacs. Uh, it's a huge tradition. It, re- it reasserts that kind of patriotism, that nationalism about mm-hmm. Australia. Getting involved in World War One. And they're very proud of that, you know, that was their people, they got involved. And now the expectation, of course, is that, you know, you're one of us, you know, you're on teams, as Tony Abbott said once upon a time, you're you're in Team Australia, right? (laughs) You're you're one of us. So now, if I was someone, I was the average Joe Muslim, and I said to myself, um, okay, I'm Australian Muslim. Okay, I'm going to go to work. It's Anzac Day, by the way. So what's the rationalization here? How would you rationalize? Um, you know what this is? This is a huge thing. Like, let's talk about what this was. This is uh, something that literally, once upon a time, we had unity. You know, as Muslims, you know, we had a real sense of unity. Where, I mean, I always hear this complaint everywhere. Every time I have a conversation about Ummah or Muslim affairs, always the people I'm talking to, anyone I'm talking to, says we're not united. You know? uh, and sometimes they, they'll say you have to watch out for Muslims more than against the non-Muslims. To, you know, and that's a really sad state of affairs, and that's what happened here you know, in 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 early th- early 20th century. We're talking about uh, armed forces from Australia going overseas to Gallipoli, fighting uh, the, the believers. The Othmanic the the, Othmanic, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, sorry, the Ottomans. The Ottoman so like I, I remember growing up. This was not I, like I didn't even know about it. But then, as I obviously educated myself, like
1: I remember at school. I was asked to read an ode to the ANZACs. It's like poultry specific mm. for that time and place, and, and I was clueless as to what I was reading or its or its implications. Again, just being a good Muslim, you know, just being a good Muslim, uh, being your yeah. model model citizen. Um, and but I had no idea what I was reciting, nor did I have any idea of its implications, right? But we're talking ANZAC Day, um, you know, the, what 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 preceded World War One or during World War One, and what came before, and what came after it. These are expeditions of, of colonialism, mm. colonial adventure overseas by the British Commonwealth at the time. Um, Australia was part of that, as were many other countries, but it was effectively an invasion. Uh, what was the Ottoman Khilafah at the time? Mm. Sure, reasons, history, politics, war, whatever. Um, but ultimately, there were troops from all over the world who'd gathered together to invade the Muslims mm, and to yeah. fight the Muslims. Yeah. Um, and yet, now we're asked, as Australians, quote unquote, that we need to regard them as our soldiers, our Australian heroes. soldiers, our heroes, um, forging um, you know, the frontiers for the sake of building what ultimately became Australia as a nation um, um, and everything that represents. Um, and we're asked to, to empathise with that and, and, and more than that, to celebrate it. But to reposition ourselves, mm. such that don't consider yourselves primarily as Muslims who are under attack. Right now you're on the other side, you need to regard yourself as Australian primarily and support the cause that Australia represented at that time. And what's happening is literally Ghaffar was sent overseas to invade and kill Muslims.
0: Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not obviously, like, I mean, I'm trying to get around history, um, but was Australia, like, asked by the um, Allies to go? Yeah, asked like? in, in the same way that Trump asks the rulers of Saudi and
1: and the Emirates to do things, okay. it was an order. I mean, Australia was always a colonial outpost okay. for Britain, and at the time, um, Australia didn't have a choice in, in oh, the matter, and that's okay. why they were used as canon, cannon fodder. Okay. Unfortunately, as were the Canadians, as were the New Zealanders, as were many Indians, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. ironically, some Muslims, who were fighting for the British at the time, yeah. um, but used as conon, uh, cannon fodder for British imperial objectives. Um, and yet, we're faced with this conundrum. Now, as a, as a, as a Muslim... Our primary loyalty
0: is to Allah, the, the Prophet and the believers. So now you're touching on a very uh, neglected topic, Al-Wala yeah. like bara Absolutely. Loyalty and allegiance. Absolutely. Religions. Look, okay. we need to consider ourselves um, you know, primarily
1: as part of the body of the ummah. Um, what unites us transcends everything else. So the idea that we are united in our faith in Allah is more important than any other type of bond, nationalist, patriotic, so, okay. or anything yeah. of, of that
0: sort. Countless verses, I can think there are, of.
1: There are countless. And this thing, you know, this thing is so clear, oh. it's clear <laughs> as day. And yet,
0: uh, for, for practice, reasons of
1: either pressure, the pressure of assimilation or the pressure to project the image of a good model Muslim citizen, um, or just sometimes it's really just ignorance. We don't know what really ANZAC represents. Um, we've seen random images of, of Aussie troops, um in gallipoli or we've seen them walk into palestine or australian mm. troops to take over palestine or what is mm. modern day lebanon and other places we mm. see them scattered throughout the middle yeah, east yeah. as we see the warships today australian warships mm. still and australian troops troops still in that part of the world yeah. um, but we fail to see the significance of it
0: i think uh i think look, look, we have to be easy on the muslims we have to be easy on them like we have to go, go easy like um, again, and I don't want anyone to take uh, think that we're actually bashing the Muslims. We're not. We are. We are here today out of love for the believers, and um, uh, we have to go easy. At the end of the day, like a few years ago, I didn't even know the significance of these things. Okay, we going like we were honestly, all like, in that. Position. We we're all in that position. Like I grew up, like as you grew up, as we all grow up in Australia, just going to school, j- trying to have a good time, trying to get through high school, you know, and then trying to get through uni. If you go to uni, you'll get a job, and yeah, and, and so on, right? Like, these things are not talked about. Like, in a discussion, do the youth talk about these things? What are they talking about? Or what are they on? Where, where are they? You know, wh- wh- how are they spending their time? I'm telling youth, you. How are the youth supposed to
1: um, get acquainted with this when. Like, when was the last time you heard a khutbah on this topic? About Anzac Day? Yeah. Uh, and framed it in the way that this is an attack on the Uthmani Khilafah.
0: Yeah, no, I don't like, think. Never, um, never, no, no. Well, when was the last time no. you
1: attended a khutbah that talked about the Islamic position on foreign aggression? you know, or anything else <laughs> on the issue of what, well and bottom in the context of yeah, yeah. killing Muslims mm. through these colonial yeah. adventures. Well, yeah. the last time the point is you don't see it. No. You're not going to see it. Of course, we're going to be riddled with uh, ignorance or, um, you know, uh, sort of there's this huge hole in, in our history, um, either we're unaware of or we're incapable of correctly positioning. Um, and Anzac mm. Day and the same thing if we celebrate Australia Day and what Australia Day represents, it's the same thing playing out again and again. Either we've been uh, we're completely ignorant of it or it's been sold to us in a way that makes it more palatable. Mm. You know the idea Anzac, for instance say, okay, you may not support the idea of Australian troops going killing Muslims overseas. fine, um, but that's not what Anzac Day is. and they tell us it represents something else. Anzac Day is um, a reminder of the futility of war, which conveniently mm. only applies. Um, to where, right, the Kufad were victorious over the Muslims. So it's, a, it's only a use of the tool when it's convenient for them. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, you never course. see them celebrating um, the Mujahideen's effort in Afghanistan and celebrate that day and then argue, oh, the futility of war, although all young people died um, you know, for, for unnecessarily and things like that.
0: And freedom, but, fighting for freedom, you
1: know, stuff. Well, yeah. so, so excuses are invented, and, and, the, and what, what Anzac has come to represent is so far removed from mm. what it was. In the beginning, and as part of the making up the legend of what Australia supposedly represents and what Anzac troops supposedly represented Mm. at the time, Mm. and yet we're caught in all of that. So, as Muslims, okay, what position do you take
0: on that point of position? As a response, Mm -hmm. right? uh, uh, You know, I guess you could say what you said, right? You know, in a probably more (laughs) butchered down way. I don't think I could say it that way, but I guess definitely we need to. well first of all we do need to know our history okay yeah. uh, but we can't accept the uh, like uh, for example Nessa teaching us Islamic history uh, I don't think the board of education is going to teach us Islamic history mm. um, so what do we do then in that case we have to be proactive I um, and, and I think um, this is where parenting this is where uh, our, our, our leaders have a big uh, role to play in, in really educating us about the, the, the Umma's history you know yeah. Um, and I know recently there there are uh, uh, there are things that have helped, like Ortega, for example. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. No, no. <laughs> From what extreme, Let me take that back. One extreme to <laughs> me, I don't watch it. I don't watch it. <clears throat> okay, no, but um, in all honesty, like um, I guess one uh, one way to initiate a response is to first know your history. To get out there and start reading or just d- any way you can get n- to know what happened in 19, uh, or the 19. Oh, 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 I don't even know. That's how bad I am at the, uh, the dates, but world war one, get to know what happened mm. in world war one. Who are the allies? Who are they fighting? Why were they fighting? It doesn't take that long. You know, if you, if you, yeah, really, yeah. like uh, half and an hour then, research, and then after and you, you know. do that, learn the other part of it, the other side of the coin, which is Islam's
1: position on those aspects of the deen. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, the idea of foreign aggression. What should a Muslim's position be in response to foreign aggression? Uh, the idea of invasion. Um, yeah. What did the Ottoman Caliph represent for Muslims? Mm, you yeah. know, is it the the the, the only legitimate source of, source of authority for Muslims? Is it the embodiment of Muslim unity? Um, What's is Islam's position? What's Islam's position on the idea of Um, you know leadership and things like that because ultimately that's what was targeted Mm. and that's what fell as a consequence of it and these are not small mm. things Um, and the idea is it doesn't mean you know it doesn't mean we should infer from this that uh, muslims are so callous in their assessment of life and death and we have no regard it's the opposite you know like we are honestly more concerned about the loss of australian lives than australians themselves and i'll say that very very confidently
0: because we actually have this, uh, what they call humanity. We
1: you know? have the, the humanity, and you know, Islam's view of humanity, like Islam's view of the world, is such that, you know, we came to elevate, to to protect, to serve, um, not to kill for the sake of empire no, um, and no. profit, hmm. and you know, and to build the, the the coffers of corporations and things like that. Hmm. Um, you know, th- even though there is warfare in Islam and things like that, um, it's incomparable to our modern conceptions of of colonialism and modern warfare. It's the two completely opposite realities, Mm. you know, and and why should Australians be sent, young Australians be sent in the past as they are today, not to serve Australia's interests, but to serve America's interests or historically Britain's interests or or anything, any other justification, ultimately for what? You know, we're referring, like it's colonialism, it's capitalism. Why should lives be lost for that purpose, which ultimately Mm. doesn't serve the people to begin with? And that's really the greatest crime.
0: Yeah, I think at this point, you know, when it gets this serious into the discussion, mm-hmm. l- l- a lot of us get overwhelmed. I mean, let's just be honest; it's very overwhelming. It just even though, even just having this conversation with you, it, it does looks, feel overwhelming. And, look and at as a, a, a mm-hmm. as an average Muslim, yeah. you know, I always ask myself, what can I do? Right. Obviously, I gave a response like uh, uh, you can learn, for example. Yeah, go and learn from that. Know your history that's the first, the most important mm. point. Yeah, yeah, and learn your Islam. Learn your Islam. Yeah, at yeah, the yeah.
1: very least, you know, in, in, even in the absence of action, at least you know how to frame these things. So, there's at what, the very least, you uh, protect yourself from doing something haram. Okay, so going yeah. out and celebrating the murder of Muslims. Yeah. At the very least, sit sit at the back of the you know the school assembly, hmm. um, oh, you know, speakers. and and don't uh, you know don't celebrate.
0: Oh, I have you to know what it supposedly represents. I have to tell you because you mentioned school. Like, mm. um, uh, there was a story like where um, it's a Muslim school, and well, one of the employee, one of the teachers was a uh, uh, non-Muslim, and. Uh, uh, she was, uh, you know, those um, rib- what's those uh, those uh, it's like it's called, co- it's like red color, it's like a um, the poppies, the poppies, yeah, the red poppies, yes. So she hung it all around the the, the the room, and uh, and one other co- teacher complained, uh, saying this is obviously unacceptable. That teacher was obviously understood the, the, the what it represents, mm. um, but that just shows you how it can creep into even uh, some schools, and you, uh, and 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 just underneath. Like you'd think you're, you're protected and you're safe, and then it happens there,
1: and oh, it's yeah, just to a large extent yeah. it happens more there, because of the overt effort to present oneself as a model Australian. You have to go extra. It's like women mm. trying to prove themselves equal to men in some oh. some professions. They have to actually work significantly harder than their male colleagues, um, and that's the Muslim experience. Unfortunately, mm. Muslim schools are not going to be, um, uh, you know, indifferent to that. Uh, what about look? Yeah, look, it's not gonna be resolved today. But no, we wanted to throw that. that there to say, okay, look, Islam has clear positions on these things, um, very informed positions, and we need to be aware of them because ultimately it's gonna drive what we do, what we don't do, what we say, what we don't say, what we think, what we don't think about these things, and ultimately drive mm-hmm. our interaction with the wider community. So these are important conversations that we need to start having mm-hmm. to realize that, you know, in all honesty, when we think about it, there are some key contradictions here between what is supposedly Australian, what is supposedly Muslim. Exactly.
0: And and, and you have to, uns- like, uh, uh, even like the, those who do end up celebrating or do uh, give it precedence, um, Clearly they're disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's so many verses, um, you know, la, you know, don't take the, uh, you know, the dis- disbelievers as awliya for example. Um, uh, another another uh, verse I can just think of is, don't take them as Bidana, like see intimate friends, you know, over the, over the believers. So clearly there's a loyalty that needs to be prioritized to the believers. And I see that this is not about understanding Islam or not for some people. This is just a matter of like, uh, like are you going to be courageous enough to stand up for your deen? sometimes 100%. it it just comes down to uh, courage and tawakkul and Allah that y- things are going to be okay you know it, a lot of it comes down to like the most basic things like tawakkul, isn't it like it's uh, look, it it's w- not an w- academic it, it uh, conversation issue is
1: not issue's is not difficult to understand no it's not um but it's difficult to to it hold on to hold on to yes yes are yes. two different things mm. very difficult to hold on to I'll give you another simple example yeah right yeah. another another example here is let's say on the issue of moon sighting, for instance. Ah, interesting. Right? Okay. I, and I think this issue becomes, the issue of Muslim or Australian becomes very clear when you talk about moon sighting, right? Anzac, is, you know, it's got a lot of issues, it's multi-layered, it's a bit complex, there's yeah. a lot of history, Got got un- yeah. sort of unpack it all, but there's lo- more than one issue. That's right. But Ramadan yeah. becomes clear, <laughs> right? The verse, uh, the, the command of the Prophet, that means, <laughs> right, fast when you see, and, and break your fast, when you see, when you me. see, yep. right? Yep. Um, there is a problem when yeah. Uh, What's been announced in one place um, contradicts what's been advised to us by the Prophet and not just advised in the plan, but ordered to us by the Prophet Mm -hmm. There's a classic case in this, right? Um, A few years back, many years back in Egypt, just to demonstrate a point, Mm. um, the the Mufti of Egypt announced the beginning of Ramadan. Okay. uh, Which you think, okay, simple. Expected, yeah? Except he didn't have permission to make that announcement.
0: Oh.
1: And so the the political authorities, the interior minister, Uh, called him and said, this is not your job, this is mine. And actually forced him to retract his announcement and, and announced that the beginning of Ramadan was the following day.
0: Oh, think yeah. about that for a moment. Oh, yeah.
1: Like these are explicit cases, but the same thing plays out just behind closed doors in every other case. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. The contention between uh, demands of Islam and demands of the modern states, the political authorities in which we, in the countries in which we reside, the governments, the governments, the governments yeah, right, okay. and the state. Yeah. Um, and this is an issue because some Muslims will come and say, "Yeah, okay, look, fair enough. We have to follow the sighting, but." Um, you know, the idea of global siding is a little complex, maybe a bit um, practical, impractical, impractical. will argue it, convenient. whether it's true or not is, is a different story. So we'll take local siding. It's so, okay, except for argument's sake, that is the case. Um, how do you define local? Uh, yes, right, In 99 right. out of 100 cases, it's defined according to the borders that the Kuford drew for us. So, so literally on one side of a border people will begin fasting and the other side of the border the people won't
0: yeah i've had friends good friends of mine that argue about this some say it's in australia some say it's up until like fiji some
1: (laughs) look if someone played regional from a geographical point of view who would have an issue with that it's just an Mm. issue of practicality but if coincidentally every time it just accords with the borders of the country yeah and then then we need the question what's difference? you know the for instance we are closer to Muslims in Indonesia than we are to Muslims in other parts of this country. Perth. Geographically. Perth, for instance. Alice Springs. Um, oh no, yeah. And why would Hobbit. we not accept the sightings of Muslims in Indonesia and yet we would accept Muslims, the sighting of
0: Muslims in Australia, <laughs> even though they're of a greater distance. Whenever moon signing is mentioned, Indonesia is mentioned. Is that, Have you ever noticed over the years? Like, anyway, well, just that's just their issue. They, they're famous <laughs> for it. They're let's famous
1: just, like the let's the just give it to them <laughs> oh, it's because they're so reliable in this respect. Oh. Um, right. But if we're faced with that, we see that the moon has been sighted in some part of the world and we're ordered to fast in response to the sighting of the moon and yet certain bodies that are defined according to the to the modern state yeah. says, no, we'll, we'll decide otherwise. Hmm. How do we reconcile that? For the most part, Muslims say, look, just take it easy, take it easy, brother. Islam is supposed to be easy. Um, but where is the unity that Ramadan is supposed to represent when we accept to be divided, not just based on region, which would be acceptable, but on, on the basis of states that were designed for us, that were created for us by our enemies?
0: Look, it's a very clear argument. It's a very clear argument. And, and the sad reality is I'm sure many know and that's why it hurts like uh, like you know that this is causing, causing division this is supposed to be a time when all believers come together like this is when like everyone's chill you know like everyone there's no there's no bad blood between anyone there shouldn't be shouldn't this is ramadan be. this is like uh, i know some all different interpretations of islam or all different brothers from different uh, I- groups you could say come together they don't care they just they just get up together stand in qiyam it's like you know there's not it, i love it as soon as that time comes when ramadan's ending bang it's just back to and you. it's such an easy issue to overcome
1: if we just submit it to the commands of the prophet sallallahu it sallallahu really sallallahu is that sallallahu easy it's not a complex matter you don't need to pull out graphs you don't need to pull out moon charts you don't need to pull out complex scientific arguments the hadith is very clear really really clear like mm. so entirely clear that it was never an issue the way it is today except the mm. fact that we're fractured yeah, yeah. into more than 50 countries which previously was, mm. was, was one, is ultimately what points to the disunity. Yeah, and so, it, you know, mm. and, and beyond that, if you live outside the Muslim world, like we are in, in, in Australia and, and broadly in the West, um, there's additional, additional layers on top of that. And so, Islamically, if we are obliged to fast when the moon is sighted, then how do we justify the fact that we're not just because certain governmental bodies or bodies that are influenced by government decide otherwise? And we're going to have to ultimately answer Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about that. I think,
0: y- you, no, we- you're right, you, 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 we are going to be accountable, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, just reciting, uh, um, you know, uh, you know, like, يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ يراه يَعْمَلْ مِثْقَالَ uh, 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 Yara. Yeah, so, every, literally, everything that you do, you'll be asked about. Whether it's خَيْر or شَرَّ, literally everything you say or do, you're going to be asked about. It's kind of really scary. Like, when you think about that and you understand the Arabic, uh, whether you're in translation, just reflect on that verse, yeah. those two verses. And, you know, so I think that points to when you say, look,
1: a lot of us do know, but let it go. Yeah. We like to offload this responsibility onto the shoulders of others. So the Shaikh said, or this body said, yeah, even yeah. though we know it's not correct, even though we know it's not correct. Uh, um, yeah. And that really is, you know, when we adhere mm. to Islam, yeah. we got to understand the implication. It's not a small thing. It's actually, it's an... Up you to everything that opposes it, even the modern modern conceptions of statehood would say no. That's not us. That's not how we look at ourselves. Mm. We're not going to be limited to the borders and our value systems and our conceptions of right and wrong. What we do and what we don't do is not going to be defined by that. It's something so much more transcendent, and that's what moon is supposed to represent. And when we
0: attach ourselves to that, we send that message. Would you say that this type of issue is prevalent, say, in the majority Muslim world? Like all around? From I think it's, I think it's universal. It's universal issue, okay. You know, okay. like
1: uh, the idea of uh, modern states, it's, it's a universal problem. Yeah. You know, Europe okay, has again, recreated modern it, the world in its own image and okay. created the same problems okay. that okay. was okay. historically always within Europe. Now it's exported mm-hmm. into it the world. And that's the problem. And these are the issues we face. Look, let's touch upon mm. one other example, mm. right? Given the time that we have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's immediate. It's 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 the hot topic today. Yes, of course. Um, yep, right. Absolutely. The insults of the Prophet <laughs> sallallahu alaihi sallam. That's right. You know, we said we said last week, um, part of being an Australian Muslim, putting Australia first before the Muslim, is that you have to shape your Islam um, within the confines or within the the the, the demands of. Australia as a state. As in the constitution um, comes first before the Sharia. Well, it's guess. what Australia represents. Yeah. And, and that's, it's secularism, it's democracy, um, and, a, and it's modern statehood. Mm. Uh, and the idea is, you cannot put the Australian before the Muslim unless you accept to secularise your deen. Because Australia is built on secularism itself. In other words, disobey Allah's fundamental. 100%. Like, it, to right? put and, it uh, in the and to re, Like, reframe... Fact? your view of the world, reframe your moral framework, re-engineer your your loyalties and things like that. Everything that supposedly is supposed to be represented by Islam Mm. replaced. Right, and loyalty primary loyalty to someone else to an, an alternative
0: institution an alternative authority away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this plays out with the actually this reminds me of a verse that says ya so you seek عزة, like might and glory in bidun uh, uh, muslim right. like a, aside from them from aside from believers but the disbelievers then you know so like it doesn't mean like you can you can't work in the west it's just, there's nothing wrong with that but if it's at the cost of your deen which is Correct. the purpose of life in the first place Correct. which is why we even have a have an existence in the first place, then there's certainly an issue. That's where you, that verse now applies to you, right? And 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 uh, it sounds harsh, but that's the reality. It's tough. That's tough. And look, and this brings out this point precisely: um,
1: how are Muslims being asked to accept um, for others to insult the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the basis of freedoms? Yes, that's right. Freedom, 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 of, thought, speech. freedom of expression, yes, etc. Yep, yep. Um And that's one of one of the tenets of of, of you know, broadly as you, you, you describe as liberalism yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what's been asked of us, um, to view things through the lens of secularism and liberalism. Um, and whilst we may disagree with the insulting of the Prophet, we should defend the right of others to do so. Right, And just as, just, you know, they defend the right for some... Cringe. To believe and others not to believe, we yeah. have to respect that yeah. right. And for some to wear the hijab or not wear the hijab, or for some to pray or not to pray, or brothers to do th- or not to, etc. Yeah. On the basis of rights, discourse, freedoms, mm. um, we've been asked to accept that as a legitimate action. And the thing is, right, there are Muslims that actually agree with that. Whilst they would not do that themselves they would not accept for themselves to do mm. that or be part of that mm. they accept the right of others to do that and that's mm. telling you that their world their view of the world is such that it's not defined by iman and, kufur, an bara, an bara. and, halal and haram. Mm. it's defined by secularism which allows um, the right to do such a thing so we've got a lot of work to do in our own backyard look you know why we've got a lot of work to do it's not just to confront the idea because I think that's the easy one the harder part is Muslims and Muslim bodies actually um, justifying that uh, that um, crime, not just through the lens of secularism, but through Islam.
0: Also oh, they use Quran and Sunnah to try and like, use, find, right? Like, to yeah.
1: the extent that you know, when this when this issue blew up, and the issue of, for instance, boycotts was was announced, and and um, and this took currency in 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 the Muslim world mm-hmm. and amongst Muslim populations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the main body of Muslims in France came out in response to what? What position do you think they took? Mm. You know, it was not um, to defend the Prophet sallallahu and to announce it as a crime, um, but to advise the Muslims that they should place the interest of France above all else. So just straight out, like so, it diff- came out against the idea of boycotts. Imagine this: you, th- you, you place. Um, France's economic condition above um, the yeah, yeah. dignity of the Prophet and all the believers sounds really bad. Sounds really bad, and uh, and these positions have been justified hmm. through secularism and through um, a dwarfed uh, application of Islam. And re- honestly, hmm. that's a lesson. You know, we we look at ourselves today. And we think, you know, what would be good for Muslims if we had bodies and institutions or personalities hmm. that could. Give us, you know, a localized, contextualized Islam, and in yeah. the beginning, it sounds great. You know, we deal with I- actual issues that we face in this country, as opposed to something imported from the Arab world and and other places. And we think, how can that not be a good thing? And the idea is, these bodies mm. are at the behest of governments, um, and their existence is dependent on government patronage, and they are afforded mm. that patronage because they perform a particular task which serves the state. And we see that very clearly with the position that position taken in France, and we saw it when they wanted to ban the hijab, oh, the, the, and they the supported Grand that, Mosque of Paris the Grand East. Central Mosque, um, okay. supported that. Mm. You know, and there's an, there's a body, there's some association of Muslims in, yeah. in France or whatnot, something similar to that, mm. that took that similar position. That time and time again, when Muslims are being forced to choose between our national identity and our Islamic identity these bodies and these institutions um, have consistently sided with the state against Islam and the Muslims. And that's a problem for us. Mm. See, what we talk about, we talk about the Melbourne Cup, we talk about you know, going to a Christmas party, we talk about things which you know we can laugh off, you know, just you know, approach things differently, talk to your colleagues, everything will be sweet. Um, but what when they stick a dagger in the heart of the Muslims and exploit our, our powerlessness... And and ask us to accept that willingly,
0: it's pretty arrogant. And graciously, it's very
1: arrogant. It's, it's beyond. And some arrogant. Muslims come along and say, you know what? That's actually perfectly
0: justified. Uh, I honestly would, f- I'd be hard pressed to find uh, something from the Kitab and Sunnah that's uh, like <laughs> to like <laughs> to justify this. Like, 100%. I don't even need to be. A, that's exactly like, the thing. That's exactly a the A trained point. scholar to you can know, only that.
1: justify because you've put the Quran and Sunnah on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. and you're judging things and, through a secular lens. And,
0: and, and see, you know, honestly, the average Joe know this. They're not. They, they might not be trained in Sharia, but they know what's right and wrong. Like 100%. they're not. You can't. You can't play with uh, your, the mind of a Muslim. Hundred percent. Right? Look today.
1: Look, I'm telling you that today. But if we continue to go down the path that has been set for us, mm. where they want us to become more Australian. Key words. And for more. Us. S- yeah set for us. Set for us. It's okay. not a conversation inherent to Islam. Mm. Um, it's the opposite. Mm. Um, and if we allow things to pr- continue to progress in this way, 100% there'll be bodies and institutions in this country that will say the exact same thing. It's just a matter of time. And there are bodies, personalities, groups, institutions that are being set up for this purpose, and we see the path on which they are, um, but ultimately standing in the face of something which is so abundantly clear for us as Muslims. Mm. So this is a lot to think about. Oh, and I. So this idea, Australian and Muslim, not a small thing. It's not a small thing. Yeah. Play it out. Do you dis- not just do you disagree with the insulting of the Prophet, but do you accept the right of others to do so? And if you're going to be genuine about being Australian, you should say yes to that. And how can you as
0: a Muslim? It's funny, on the Yomukiyama, all Muslims want to drink from the, from the, from the from the cup, you know? for Imagine the Prophet on the Day of Judgment,
1: so concerned about his ummah that yeah, he will ask for them. Yeah. And yet, in this life, when we're asked to do such a simple thing to defend his honor and the honor of everyone that believes in him, ﷺ, we don't even do it. And we expect the Prophet to
0: defend us on the day that we yeah, need it the most. We expect him to defend us when we're not defending him. Let alone uh, thinking it's okay for others to insult him. Wow, mm-hmm. that's. That's and a, these are the fruits. That's next. These level. are
1: the fruit. That's why yeah. we said at the beginning, this is not an issue of semantics. This plays out in the real world. That's it's an right. issue of Iman and Kufur for us. Jannah and Jahannam for us. It's
0: directly related to our Akhirah. Like seriously, like, yeah, Sanaallah. Okay, wow. him uh, I think uh, I think we went. Uh, I think it was a decent conversation. I needed to be had um, with those examples. I mean, there were plenty of more examples. I had so many examples that I wanted to go through. Uh, just you know, multicultural Eid festivals. Uh, Mother's Day, Father's Day, like there's all these other things, you know how sh- Scripture is taught in public schools. There's so many examples, right? But obviously, in one sitting, you can't really unpack everything. But I think we unpacked some really good examples, and
1: uh, I hope we provoke some thought. I think um, that's the main um, thing for, like, for Muslims um, who yeah, thought maybe yeah. you know maybe this issue is an issue of semantics. Maybe we're over overblowing, yeah. um, overplaying the significance of this. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope we've at the very least provoked some thought. Um, you know get people to reconsider you know previously um, set positions um, and maybe you know start to see things that wasn't there before um, and be a- and to be able to do that they'd have to um, inshallah start to look at their islam differently yes and that's really the, the most important thing for us because that's what drives this conversation and that ultimately is what will drive the reframing of of our conceptions of identity mm. and we'll see very clearly the, the contradiction uh, and the tension between Islamic Id- conceptions of identity and national conceptions of identity. And this is going to be an issue that's going to play out for a long time, and we need to be clear about our position on those things.
0: That's very true. That's very true. JazakAllah khair. JazakAllah to, to our, our viewers. To our viewers, um, uh, we apologize if it was hard talk, tough talk. But on the, on the, at the end of the day, this is our deen, this is our purpose, and we need to be serious about our deen. And uh, hopefully you benefited, all of you at home, or wherever you're watching. Uh, stay tuned uh, for another episode. Inshallah, I think we'll call it there. Allahumma wa bihamdika, ashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa